Hey friends, welcome to the Share the Gold podcast where we hear real stories from everyday people as they dish the gold that they've learned from living their story. We're so glad you stopped by and we hope you're encouraged as we dive into this week's episode of Share the Gold. Welcome back to the Share the Gold podcast. We are in for a treat today because Jeremy BR is here to talk about money, which is a fun topic. We've only talked about money one time on the podcast. And so a couple months ago in the in the last few months, Jeremy spoke at our church about finances a couple times. And I thought he has a lot of valuable information and just things that are helpful to know when you're wanting to get your finances in order and also honor God with your money. And um, if you guys, for those that don't know Jeremy, you know, after after a worship time at your church, somebody always comes up and talks about tithing or offering or money. Jeremy is that guy <laughs> and he's really good at that. And so he's going to come share about money today on the podcast. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Kaylee. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll see. We'll see what comes out, but yeah. thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So my first question for you, I've kind of heard a little bit about like your story with with finances and things like that. It's something that you're passionate about. Um, so can you share with us what's your story when it comes to money and finances? Have you always had a good relationship with money? Has it been something that you're always passionate about? Or is it more of like a recent thing that you've come to grow passionate about? Totally. So I feel like I have a thousand stories as it comes to money. <laughs> like I definitely would say I have always been passionate about it. And no, I've not always had a good relationship with it, but I would say I've always had a relationship with it. <laughs> I've always right. had some thoughts that I've been thinking. Um, but even on the passion side, like I remember in fourth grade, like I'm out to eat with my mom and it's just us for some reason. Maybe she was taking me to a sports practice. And I'm like, all right, this is my moment. Mom, can you teach me how to do taxes? And she's like <laughs> breaking out a napkin, trying to explain how it works. And I remember like, you know, birthday money, she would take half of it from us and throw it in a savings account. And every month we'd get these statements from this random savings bank on how much money we've earned. And I'd be so excited to open this thing up and it'd be like, you made one penny. And I, I would always be like, partially excited and partially like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I'm just an elementary schooler. Like, if I was an adult, this would have compounded so much more, but I'm not allowed to invest yet. So <laughs> this is lame. And so I was trying to think about, you know, how can I invest? And whether it's baseball cards, or I've heard that the value of the copper and pennies are worth more than a cent. And so literally as an elementary schooler, I'm like, I'm just going to collect pennies. And then one day I'm going to find out how to melt them and sell them for copper, <laughs> which I knew you're not supposed to do. But I collected a ton of pennies. And then thankfully I didn't end up uh, melting a bunch of U.S. currency. But yeah, just always thinking about money and, and excited about it and just always felt fun to me. That's awesome. That's really impressive because – I literally had no idea about anything to do with finances growing up. I even just until my twenties is when I really started thinking about it. So the fact that you were thinking about that at such a young age just shows that I think there's like a calling on your life when it comes to money, Seriously. which is really cool. So how has your view of money like changed or evolved over the years? Totally. 
So I would say like zero to 14, basically money was God. And then like 14 to 20, money was the devil. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's basically just been like money is opportunity. Yeah. And so that's kind of extreme ways to describe it, but I'm a pretty extreme person. And so definitely most of my childhood, I mean, in my mind, I'm like serving money. Like all I want is to be successful. And even as I'm doing homework, you know, I'm always asking the internal question of, you know, why am I working so hard? Why am I trying in school? And it's like, well, one day I'm going to get into a good college and then I'll get a good job and then I'll have a ton of money. (laughs) So money was like (laughs) the end goal uh, for the longest time. And then I went to a high school where like I started meeting a lot of peers that grew up in way more money than I grew up in. And some of those people were super, super awesome, but some of them were definitely affected by the level of affluence that they had grown accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And I started questioning like, man, is having a lot of money actually good for you? It seems like maybe it's challenging for people's character that some people make questionable decisions, some people maybe a little bit less grateful. And I started thinking, like, is this going to be my kids if they grow up with a super successful dad? And so I just started thinking, man, money is the root of all evil, which is a not, yeah. a, not actually a quote from the Bible. It's mm-hmm. the love of money. But I started thinking money is, is the antithesis of what I want. I started dreaming about maybe I could be homeless for my whole life and mm-hmm. live out of a cardboard box and you know, the less money I have, the less money I spend, the the holier I am. And and I really viewed money as kind of the reason for people's vices or shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in college, just got a lot of breakthrough. And I guess after living on both extremes, understanding this healthy middle of how, you know, money really is a tool. It's It's something that opens doors and we kind of have the ability to choose what we're going to do with it, what doors we're going to walk through. And since then, it's felt kind of full circle and re getting excited about, you know, taxes and savings accounts and realizing that there's a way to engage with it that can be really healthy and productive and, and doesn't necessarily have to mean, uh, you know, have to be defined by the struggles of it. Yeah, that's really good. Um, So now as an adult, what would like in your words, what do you think having a healthy money mindset looks like or having a kingdom mindset around money? Yeah, I think health really is like the goal. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really is a relationship with money in a way that's pretty unique to other aspects of your life. Yeah. And so I would say maybe two things. One is that God is the owner and you're the steward. And so anything that I touch in terms of dollars and cents, it's money that God's entrusted to me. And even Mm -hmm. if it's in my bank account, it still belongs to him, just like our whole life does if we're followers of him. And so money is not like the exception to the rule of like, oh, I give my time and my talents, you know, Lord, use me in those areas. But this money I'm just going to use for my own desires it's like no this is yours and so i want your desires to be done with it and anything i do with it i want it to be because that's what you want it to be used for you know yeah um and that saves you from a lot of shame too even from spending if you know that 
you're not trying to do it behind God's back and hope that he's happy with you, but you get to receive revelation from him about his kindness, his goodness, his generosity, his father heart. And, you know, you don't have to defend yourself for going to this restaurant today or, right. or whatever the thing is. Um, but you also don't have to be kind of lusting after those next things and impulse buying and looking for right. satisfaction in it. Um, the other thing is just like, I think a lot about Philippians 4, 12 and 13. And basically it's where Paul is describing like, hey, I don't need money. I know what it is to have a lot of money. I know what it is to not have a lot of money. I know how to be well fed. I know how to be hungry. Like mm -hmm. I can be content in all circumstances. And that's yeah. where this gem of a quote comes of, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, and so I'd say that's really healthy when it comes to money. It's basically just another way of saying contentment of like, hey, no matter my circumstances, I know that I have more than enough because I serve a God of more than enough. And so mm -hmm. I think for some people, we feel more comfortable in one or the other. Some people feel more comfortable not having a lot because they maybe they view money kind of how I did. It's like, it's kind of like the devil's playground. I don't want to touch yeah. it. It's scary. It's bad for you or I just don't want to deal with the responsibility of it and some people feel a lot more comfortable just having an abundance and yeah. if they start to go through some hard times maybe you, you start to see those doubts in in the character of God you start to see maybe a little bit more selfishness like all of a sudden generosity plummets because we have to just meet our own needs right now you know kind of prefer the abundant side but don't necessarily know how do you do lack in a way that is still really honoring to the lord and so i think if yeah. if you can do anything or be in any sort of financial position and still have a clarity of mind and a peace in your heart then that's a really good sign for sure yeah that's really really good all right so what's your if you're okay with sharing this what's your like biggest lesson you've learned when it comes to money, maybe it was a big mistake you made that you're like, oh, I learned that the hard way. I'm not going to do that again. Or just maybe it was the biggest lesson you learned with like learning to trust God with your finances. Definitely. Um, I've made plenty of mistakes. That is for <laughs> sure. Um, I think a lot of the mistakes that I can think of really come in the category of investing. When I was first starting to learn how do you put money to work, I mean, I was just like, I don't know, just clueless, you know, and just like, let me just try this and try that. And I was just losing money all over the place. Mm -hmm. And even though it was small amounts, because I didn't really have any money, it's like, that's all my money. And it just, <laughs> it just went down in half. And I'm like, wow, that was a bad idea. Let's try it. <laughs> and it's like, wow, that was even worse. Mm -hmm. And so I think just being kind of overly aggressive and but also just trying to learn so I, even the mistakes you know when you're put in a stressful situation you're forced to to learn quicker than when everything's going well and so yeah. really from 20 to 29 i just had this idea like if i make a ton of mistakes but by the time i'm 29 i am really confident and know what to do and i can handle it and manage it myself like it will more than make up for all the mistakes that I made in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And so I always wanted to err on the side of risk and just trying so that I could learn quicker instead mm -hmm. of just, you know, most people are 
a little bit scared to to handle money and so they'd rather kind of pass it off to someone else which is which is a fine way to live but i just wanted to experiment like to see if i could do it myself in terms of trusting god honestly this is a rabbit trail that i won't go down but (laughs) seriously just the tithe like honestly like the biblical principle of giving 10 percent of what you make to the local church that you're a part of like god still cares about it i don't know why i could you know i preached a sermon about it that felt like 10 sermons you know smashed into one and i'm still learning about it and i've tried to i've tried to debate myself out of that so many times but i just keep going back and like man i i just like i don't i don't want to risk not tithing and finding out later that there actually is blessing on it i would rather I would rather put my eggs in the basket of trusting God above what even my conscious mind can understand. Because what if, like, what if he really does bless it? And so mm-hmm. that's been my experience is a ton of financial provision and exciting things that happen. But, you know, if someone comes to me and wants a, a lot better financial situation, I can definitely help with all the X's and O's. But in my heart, I'm like, man, if if you don't tithe, I'm not sure that anything will work you know i I think it has to start here but for some people especially because i'm a pastor that can be kind of weird to to make that the first point you make with someone when it comes to their personal finances but (laughs) but it really is like regardless of my role it just feels so important to me yeah that's really good i remember my family i feel like we kind of learned this as a whole even though when we were kids, we weren't contributing to like money or the, the tithing aspect of things. But uh, I remember one time my mom, she was open. She, she said that she didn't tithe one week or I don't know if it's because she forgot or she just was scared to tithe because of the like needed needing that money. And then that same week, her car was hit by a deer and it ended up having like a big repair. Oh my and God. she was like, okay, kids, like this is why we have to tithe because she was like, when you trust God with your money, like we're always way more blessed when you just trust him with that. And he's always going to provide for you uh, in return. And so I remember just always remembering that. Um, like any time that we and myself included now as an adult, anytime like I like forgot to tithe or didn't tithe, it's like I just feel like, oh man, I don't feel good about it in my heart. And mm-hmm. so I'm actually more scared of not tithing than I am of, you know, giving that money to the Lord. And yeah, I think it's powerful. super, super important. Yeah. And I love it you said about wanting to take the risks yourself and and learn. Um, because that's why you can speak to this now, because you have actually taken the risks. And I think in your 20s, there's grace to do that a little bit, because that is a period where you're learning and building those skills to set you up for your future. And if you like, if you decide, oh, I'll take a risk later in life, there's actually more depending on you later in life. You have a spouse and kids and totally. or maybe a business and a lot more responsibility. So I think for people who are maybe scared to take some of those risks in their 20s, that there's definitely grace to do that. And the Lord's going to, I mean, if you ask the Lord, take me on a journey of learning how to do this well, he's He's going to go on the journey with you. Oh, and yeah. there's going to be grace for when you mess up. So can you share a story of a time when God did just a complete miracle in your finances that you were like, oh my gosh, we totally didn't deserve this, but the Lord just completely provided for your family? Yeah, Definitely. So 
I'm not sure how much backstory I'll share because I could share this story for literally an hour, but um, growing up, so always thinking about money, super excited to be successful. And, and also my parents were willing to pay for my college. And so just as a high schooler, I was thinking, man, I could graduate from college debt free. And then what if I saved aggressively to buy my first house in cash? And man, what if I lived my whole life without any debt at all? And it just was this dream of what could God do if I wasn't burdened by any type of commitment like that. Yeah. And then I met this girl that I really liked. And so (laughs) we got married summer after junior year of college, which is not what I was planning on doing going into college, but was so awesome. But she came with this awesome wedding gift of like (laughs) $113,000 of student tuition and loans oh my goodness and so it was like man and of course that wasn't a deterrent for me and do I want to marry her or not but it was this kind of dream I had to let die okay I'm not going to graduate debt-free I'm actually going to graduate in more loans than anyone I know Mm -hmm. especially going to a state college that we did and so anyways I was just working really hard and trying to figure out you know how do we pay this off and I'm skipping meals and living super frugal and I'm praying a bunch. I'm working, you know, 30 hours a week as a full-time college student. And anyways, we start uh, participating in something our church did called ADS or the Antioch Discipleship School. And one of the things that we did in the spring semester, it's this nine month kind of training program for just living out biblical values. And one of those is fasting, which is not something I've done a ton of. And in the Mm -hmm. spring, they challenge you basically to do the longest fast you've ever done before. And so I'm like, okay, let's try it out. And as I'm praying before the fast, God, what do you want me to pray for? What do you want me to fast for? I feel like he says to pray that all of my student loan debt is paid off by the end of the month. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, God, how is that even going to happen? You know, like... (laughs) I mean, I was working a job that was commission-based, so I was like, maybe I get a ton of huge clients, and there were a couple that I was thinking that could happen, and so anyways, I'm just fasting, but I'm starting to feel really exhausted and not really into (laughs) this fast, and and God just kept reminding me, like, what if I actually do what you're asking for? You know, what if I actually answer your prayer? Would this fast be worth it? And all of a sudden, my hunger just goes away, and I'm like, man... Yeah, if you actually did pay off the $85,000 we had left, like, yeah, not eating for a couple days would, it's not even part of the story, you know, like (laughs) nothing compared to the reward. And so anyways, I kept going and, and sure enough, our whole debt gets paid off, but it was not through my work at all. I'm just at a college worship service and our college pastor calls Megan and I up to the stage and all of a sudden everyone starts cheering like crazy and people start running from like backstage and they come out with this giant check with $85,000 written on it. And they tell me that just friends of the church when, and the church was super young. It's like 20 somethings almost exclusively. That's crazy. Came up with $85,000 and they're like, boom, that's the rest of what you owe. Like you're debt free. And Megan graduated with her master's a month later. And so we actually did get to finish college without any student loan debt, 
even though That's we are crazy. in a huge, huge hole. And so yeah. that just like set us up and, and just felt so cool too about this just childhood dream that mm. I totally was willing to let go. And then I'm like blown away by how he, he provided more than enough. Provided, yeah. Did they like know the amount of debt that you guys needed and they came up with it or did they, were they just like guessing? I have no clue. On I don't know like, who gave. Them out. That's like, crazy. I don't know where the money came from. You know, <laughs> of course, yeah. I have a couple guesses of like I'm sure I'm sure this person pitched in, but I still don't know. Yeah. Like, how do you come up with that much? I mean, I've been a part of the church for I don't know five or six years at that point, and I had seen some pretty cool like you know we're rallying everyone behind this person's back to. Mm-hmm. You know, we bought someone a used car once we student loans i remember once we paid off like a thirty thousand dollar loan check but that was like before i was even there i just heard about that from a long time ago and so i had never seen any sort of like amount that that was that much so even when they called me up on stage like and people started cheering and our college pastor starts sharing about how they raise money Literally in my mind, I'm preparing myself like, hey, look happy. Make sure <laughs> to be excited. Cause, yeah. And because I'm thinking we have $85,000 left. They're about to come out with maybe $10,000, which would be mm-hmm. crazy, especially because yeah. these aren't even like tax deductible gifts. You know, this is just people yeah. like Venmoing each other. And so I'm like, it's going to be 10 grand and we're still going to have 10 years left of paying off these loans. <laughs> and so I'm feeling kind of like an entitled brat, like, man, yeah. this doesn't even feel like a drop in the water, a drop in the bucket, you know? And so yeah, I'm like, okay, smile, be thankful. <laughs> and then they come, he says the amount and my jaw just drops. I mean, like, people were like afterwards, like the next couple of weeks were like, are you okay? Cause like, I didn't I didn't even remember to smile. Like it felt like I was in a cloud dream. Like what yeah, is I guess happening it's real. right now? Just total yeah. shock. The most shock I've definitely ever experienced. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so amazing. I've you've told that story before and I thought, wow, such an incredible testament to how like God takes care of us. And even that that was a dream of your heart when you were younger, um, to to be debt free from college and like he you surrendered it and he gave it like even in more in abundance than what you thought which is really really cool totally yeah i'm, yeah. I'm still amazed anytime i mean we still have the giant check like in our air <laughs> closet yeah megan my wife is like we have to keep that we have to show our kids when they're older yeah so. yeah that's definitely something that you can pass down to your kids and it's like you can that is a monument in your life that you can say, Hey, like I'm building an altar here. And anytime we need reminded of the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God, we can go back and remember this the way that he provided. And like you, you, you'll never have to doubt again because you know what he did. And like, nobody can take that experience away from you when you've experienced the goodness of God. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So my last question for you is for people who are wanting to get their finances in order in 2021, um, but have no idea where to start or maybe have never made a budget. Um, like what's your advice to them? Like where they can start? Yeah. I just want to say, say like a million more things. So let me just, <laughs> it's okay. let me just pick a couple, but I would say for anyone that is pretty fresh and like, Hey, it's a new year and I'm not good with money, and I want to make 
progress. I would say, first of all, invite some people in to this journey. Like, I don't think everyone is naturally going to be as passionate about money as me. And like, they shouldn't be. So it's not like everyone needs to be a money person. But all of us are called to steward whatever we are called to steward. And so I would say you want a money person to be your friend. Like, you don't, you don't need to be one, but you should know one and like let them help um, and just keep them in the loop with what you're doing. It's a really mm-hmm. private aspect of your life. And so it's, it's just easy to be pretty isolated. But when you have community around you, it, it really helps your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, practically, I'd say just start with keeping track. Sometimes when we're feeling financially motivated, we're like, all right, I'm going to spend this much on out to eat this much on groceries here's my shopping budget here's my rent and we try to like you know predict super accurately exactly how much we're going to spend this month in all these categories and if you've never done that before that's like such a terrible idea because you don't <laughs> know you don't know you how much yeah. you're spending on what and so so the first step is to find out not to to fix it and so i'd say like yeah. for at least three months don't do anything other than keep track of it. And so there's a lot of apps online you can use. If you don't like those, shameless plug, I did create a budget software along with a high school friend. You could go to getmybudget.com and use that one. <laughs> but seriously. Just, I, I can link it in the in the bio. Yeah, the show notes, man. Yeah. Anyways, you don't have to use that. We don't make any money <laughs> on that. Um, but totally just keeping track. And then the last thing I'd say is just getting a passion for your work and for your money. And so when it comes to your work, trying to find something, even if it doesn't pay super well, that like you're not just clocking in and clocking out, like you're not just making ends meet, but you really care about what you're doing. That's going to enable you to work a lot harder than you would. And as a result, you'll become a way better worker and probably... Mm -hmm in the long run, you'll make way more and be able to sustain it for way longer. And so similarly with your money, like I think people are like, okay, I finally am spending less than I make. And now I just have this cash sitting in the bank. What do I do now? Or I just put my money in this general investment fund thing and hope it, hope it gets bigger, you know, and and they're (laughs) really emotionally detached from their money. It's mm-hmm. similar to people that are emotionally detached from their work, where they just just put the money in, hopefully it's more, one day, and that's it. Yeah. And I'd say what inspires me a lot more in the area of like money and investing is really thinking about what are the causes that I'm passionate about? Like how can I use my money to do the things that I want done? So similar to my work life, like how do I – invest in something that even if I never work for this company, even if I don't spend any time on this, like that money is helping further this mission or helping hire the right people that can do that. And so as a result, if investments go down, like it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter really. It's like, this isn't just about how do I make more money with my money? It's really like, how do I use my money to accomplish things that are that are worth it and that are yeah. noble? And I would argue again that 
probably you're going to make way more on your investments that way too. If you really are investing in the things that are profitable, are valuable, are sustainable, and like have the right character and purpose and vision behind them, like those are the causes and the companies that will continue to grow faster than just some random job, you know? So even just thinking about the employees of that company, you know, if I buy a company, invest in something, and I know that everyone that works there wishes they worked somewhere else. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. it doesn't matter how much money that company makes. Like, right. it, time is going to catch up to it at some point, you know? Yeah. Whereas if I can invest in something where I know, like, man, people that are there, they work overtime for free because they want to. I'm like, what? You know, or it doesn't have to be that, but just like, man, people are driven by something that's bigger than themselves. And it's accomplishing something that's on God's heart that I know he would want done. I'm like, yeah. man, I, I want to fuel that. I want to be wind in that company's sales. Right. I believe that like that'll pan out in the long run in terms of how it affects our own family's finances too. So I'd mm-hmm. say just finding those passions, those things that you're passionate about to work in or to, to help to fund someone else to work in um, because you need vision if you want to be able to sustain boundaries and discipline in the long run for sure yeah that's so good i love i think the vision is like so so important um and i'll say also just like where you spend your money shows what you value so what like where you're spending your money what companies are giving your money to can show what you value and sometimes we just like we don't pay attention to those things um but if you start looking at your your transactions and your bank account and notice where you're spending all of your money sometimes it can be like oh that's not really lining up with what i value and what what what's important to me so this year i kind of have just recently started this journey of i even canceled a few like subscriptions and tv subscriptions yeah where i was like oh what they're putting out actually doesn't line up with my values and what i what i stand for um and it's not advancing the kingdom of god in any way um and so i i canceled those subscriptions because i'm like i don't want my money lining up with those values which do not line up with what i value and so yeah just to to think about that um and yeah my my two cents would be to tithe because (laughs) that is one thing that i'm just like it it pays off and that's not why we tithe but god wants every part of your heart like even the part that has to do with money and sometimes that area is one that we don't want to give to god an area of our heart that we're not ready to give to god um but we don't want that having power over us. So my one piece of advice would be to give every area of your heart and your life to the Lord. And that includes money. Like if you freely give 10%, you can give 90%. And I'm not saying God's going to ask you to do that, especially if it puts you in a position that's like extremely painful. But like, there's something about that mental hurdle that like, if you're giving one or two or 3%, like, every dollar you give hurts and it yeah and it doesn't hurt because it actually costs you financially it hurts because of something inside your your brain or your heart that like has trouble giving yeah yeah and if you can give 10 percent, that feels like a lot and you still experience blessing provision having more than enough god being good you're more content with your current lifestyle Mm -hmm. because you're not just waiting to make more to buy the next thing like you're just living within your means man it just opens up 
you know, man, one day if God asked me to give this amount, it's like, well, sure. You know, like, yeah, because I I got over that hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I know that the only reason he would is if he's going to use it in a powerful way. And I know he's going to be consistent with his character. And so I'm not going to give myself into poverty or into lack, but Mm -hmm. really I just open myself up for more blessing. And so even for us, after receiving that huge check, you know, we're just like, man, I've heard it said that you can't outgive God. And so I was thinking about how generous we had been in our life up to that point and how that helped, you know, pave a way for the blessing of God. And so I'm like, man, what if I raise, like, what if the next five years I'm even more generous? I'm like, mm-hmm. is someone going to give us a $150,000 check? You know, I was, yeah. Yeah. I was kind of not obviously expecting anything like that, but just like, right. just kind of, I don't know, curious, you know, like, man, yeah. if we give, Challenging if we give to more, out, are, out, are we actually yeah. blessed more? And yeah, there's yeah. only one way to find out, you know? And so it's right. really exciting and fun. And anyways, I hope everyone that is listening really thinks about not just getting serious and buckling down and yeah. getting ready to buy a car, but they really think about, man, how could I make my money feel like a really big part of this life adventure that I'm on? that's really, really involved with my values, my vision, who I am, not just this side thing that I need in order for me to be who I am. Yeah, that's so, so good. I love that you call it an adventure. I think your story and the things that you're sharing are just a testament to the fact that money doesn't have to be like this huge stressful thing in our lives, but it can be an adventure with God and it can be a joyful adventure um, if we're letting God take us on the journey. And I think that's really cool. I'll probably go back and listen to this and take notes because that was really, really good. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing um, what, what you have to offer with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Kaylee. And I'm excited for all the gold that's going to come out of this podcast in 2021. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to join the community, you can find us on Instagram at share the gold podcast. We'd love to connect with you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and we'll see you next week for another episode.